So we've all heard about 5G and the promise that 5G brings. When you think about Internet of Things, when you think about self-driving cars, for example, the speed at which we communicate and the speed of 5G is like 10 times higher in many cases than what we currently have. So there's no doubt about 5G and the future of 5G and how it's going to be uh, amongst us in a very short time. So one of the companies that's at the forefront of 5G, developing the technologies, the handsets, the hardware, is none other than Huawei. And we're joined today by Akram Mohammed, who's the Chief Technology Officer of Huawei Consumer Business Group in South Africa. Akram, it's great to see you. How are you firstly, and how is the lockdown treating you? Hey, Aki. Firstly, thanks for having me on the show. It's incredible seeing you again after such a long time. And yeah, I think uh, the, the lockdown has been a bit harsh in the beginning, but we're kind of getting used to it, right? And I think for all South Africans, it's the new normal and we tend to, to adapt. And we're adapting pretty well. So uh, uh, it's been four months that, uh, that I'm at home uh, working remotely, but uh, I'm definitely missing the office and uh, trying to get back into the whole office vibe. So that's why this background that you see behind me here. But yeah, oh, good to see you and how are you doing? I was just, uh, I've been doing the same, same as you remotely. I was going to say, very nice office you have. But anyway, <laughs> so, I mean, you know, if, if you look at the lockdown, I mean, really, the technology that's around us has enabled a lot of us to communicate. Like if, you, if this had happened 10 years ago, I think it would have been a very different picture. And your company, Huawei, is one of the leaders in technology, one of the first companies to start rolling out 5G globally. You've got the handset devices, you've got the technology that transmits the 5G, you've got the modems, etc. Um, what does this mean for South Africans and what are the benefits of 5G for consumers like you and I right now that are working from home? Yeah, okay. I think, you know, there's, there's so much being said about 5G and you're absolutely right. We need to get to the root of it to see what is the real benefit to consumers and society in general. I think there's been so much talk about 5G and new technologies that um, a lot of it has been covered by hype. And people, consumers or, or the general man in the street is really talking about and saying, is this for me? Should we be focusing so much of investment on this technology that's going to bring self-driving vehicles? In a society like South Africa, which we know is so unequal that a lot of our people don't have access to fresh water and sanitation, perhaps, where are the priorities? So I think perhaps 5G shouldn't be looking, looked at in isolation. So yes, Huawei is a world leader in 5G and the number one telecommunications provider in the world. But at the same time, we are a world leader in AI. We are a world leader in computing. Um, in cloud infrastructure. And when you bring all of these together, these different technologies that can complement each other, that's when you start to see real use cases and, and, and worldwide application of these scenarios. So in our context of South Africa to move forward, when we look at health services, I mean, this pandemic has given us quite a bit of a wake-up call. You know, the most vulnerable in society um, lacks access to technology or services. So telemedicine is one thing I can think of. Um, online education, when you be looking at perhaps public transportation systems, we're looking at agriculture and how 5G along with other tech can be able to improve this. That's when you say it's a great use case. It's something that can make a difference. And then access to these technologies is extremely important because that's another problem with, a, with South Africa and perhaps Africa in general compared to the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. is if you look at uh, fixed broadband as an example, it's incredible. Uh, the speeds are great. We, we, we know what kind of performance we're able to get uh, from it, but the cost barrier is one. If you look at the coverage right now, the remotest of areas in South Africa, you look at our townships, don't have access to fiber 
um, and it's very, very expensive. So there's a barrier to entry. 5G being very mobile, and if we look at fixed wireless solutions or complete mobile solutions via handsets, it's easier to roll out and it's easier to get into people's hands. And this is what Huawei is looking at doing. Um, even with the likes of the P40 Lite that we just announced, the 5G version, it will be the most affordable 5G device in South Africa. Wow. And, you know, the, the network operators are, are, are going around the same direction. If we just, Aki, if we just look at what happened over the pandemic and why I'm bringing these kind of cases up specifically, is we have good intentions as a society, perhaps as government, when we rolled out the field hospitals, the ones in Kauteng and, and in the Eastern Cape, hmm. you know, the intention was good. We're going to take care of those that cannot get access or the hospitals are too full. But right now, they're sort of white elephants. You've got maybe 40% or 30% um, occupation rates. Yes. The reason is not because the facility is not good enough. We don't have enough PPE. We don't have enough ventilators. We don't have enough doctors to be able to take care of the patients coming in. So what's the point of that? When it comes to 5G, we can be able to do virtual consultations, as an example. Yeah. We can do virtual interventions. You know? So that's when you see technology really being applied in real-world scenarios. And that's what we need. If we don't have those kinds of processes implemented now, um, I think the future is going to look very bleak. So where we are currently in the 5G, in my opinion, is not yet at the self-driving vehicles. That will come. But yes. the priority is to enable and connect people with 5G technology or connectivity in general, perhaps yeah. even 4G. Because once they are connected, then you start seeing society, economies start being improved. We remove people from poverty and then we move on from there and build on it. But we need the foundation. And, and you know, this has been proven over and over that, uh, you know, the broadband penetration, when you connect people, it unlocks incredible economic value, as you've just said. But, you know, the, the success of 5G is not just going to be hinged on the, the networks rolling out their towers. It's going to be on the affordability of the handsets. You just touched on the P40 Lite, which is a 5G device. I've been testing 5G on the local networks uh, on a trial basis as well uh, with a P40 actually and uh, the speeds have been quite astonishing. So uh, I mean the, the, the P40 Lite is a, what you would classify a mid-tier device right but it's, it's at an affordable price point. Um, you know the, the 5G accessibility in your devices uh, you're hoping to unlock a lot more value for consumers and make it more affordable to access 5G because it's here and it's just going to grow from here, right? Uh, uh, totally. And I think that this is the whole point of, of launching the P40 Lite 5G version. Um, you, you look at what happens in the industry because, you know, when, when you're trying to look pro at profits and especially a new technology like 5G, mm. um, you're really only allowed, uh, able to roll out more affordable options when you reach scale. Yes. Huawei, we've taken a slightly different view of this and we said, well, the most popular devices in our segment is the P series. We've got quite a bit of equity and then especially the light series. So when we launched P40 Pro and P40, those came in as standard with 5G, but every other manufacturer, every other OEM is doing that with their flagships. Um, so we, we launched the standard P40 Lite and now in August we have launched the P40 Lite 5G version, which is being able to break that price band that people are looking at from a flagship or the entry point. Yes. And we are partnering with the likes of Vodacom and the other network providers to say, what kind of packages and 5G offerings can we be able to provide and offer to South Africans, especially now that people are working from home. Um, we are looking at e-learning uh, being increased quite substantially, um, streaming services and everything else that people need. How can we empower them and put 5G in more people's hands? And I think that's, that's going to be uh, really, really important for the next couple of months and the years going ahead. Akram, is it quite an expensive component to add into a phone? I mean, I imagine that, you know, with, with scale, obviously it's going to become 
mainstream and as standard in the few years' time. But to add that 5G uh, radio, whatever you want to call it, technology yeah. in the phone, is it an expensive addition to a phone? I think initially it's quite expensive okay. and that's because of the IPs and the R&D that goes into it. And right. you have not re really you know, made back the numbers in terms of the volumes because of, uh, you know, it, it's brand new. Um, yeah. So it is quite expensive, but how we've managed to limit the cost is um, through Huawei's high silicon arm. We have created a 5G uh, SOC that's part of the actual CPU itself. Uh -huh. So it's combined, it's one chipset, whereas the other OEMs are going for separate modems as well as the CPU. So this gives us an added advantage. The fact that High Silicon is a subsidiary of Huawei also assists us to be able to reduce the costing. Okay. And um, we have taken a strategic decision that 5G being a new technology and we being a global leader in it, the importance of and the value that it offers um, to, to society in general, that we weren't looking at the profitability aspect. So we were able to, to, to provide those things um, quite affordable. But most certainly, the fact that we can do it in a mid-tier device now, the yeah. ultimate goal is within a year, we must be able to provide it in entry-level products. Yes. And that, that gives us an advantage, you know, because the first adopter advantage is that if we are saying mid-tier, by in a couple months, we can be able to put it over maybe six to 12 into an entry level, whereas maybe other OEMs, you're only going to see that in about two years now, from now in, okay. in terms of entry level. Well, that's products. fantastic. I mean, look, it's all about spectrum and the government has released the spectrum, albeit until November. And I think that will become permanent. I think it's, uh, it's, it's just a no-brainer. Um, and as we discussed now, I mean, um, you know, MTN has got 5G across uh, some of the cities. Vodacom has launched a commercial version of 5G. I was testing both the networks. I mean, just down the road from me, I was plugged into the Vodacom uh, network and it's just uh, the speed's unbelievable on, on both the networks. Um, yeah. Where do you see the growth of 5G in South Africa? I mean, will we get to say 60% uh, or 70% in three years' time? Is it going to be a rapid growth like 3G and 4G, for example? Where do you see 5G in South Africa? You know, we'd love to see a rapid growth like uh, 3G and, and, and 4G, um, etc. Uh, but we, are, like you said, Spectrum, we've been waiting for so long and now we've been allocated emergency Spectrum. Hopefully that continues. But again, we need collab in order for it to grow at that kind of rate, it needs to have collaboration. Collaboration between the network providers, collaboration between handset manufacturers, device manufacturers like ourselves. And then, of course, government at the same time. And like I mentioned, if it's only going to be isolated to just 5G rollout without proper use cases, then you're going to struggle to roll it out faster because there's not going to be that investment and there's not going to be that focus right. to be able to roll it out in that time. An example of that is if you look at 4G, because you mentioned previous technologies, let's take the United States as an example and yes. a lot of Europe. 4G and their rapid early adoption of 4G because they passed those hurdles. This is what really, when we looked at the internet boom and the app boom and everything that took place from the time of the dawn of smartphones, the likes of Instagram and Uber and then the gig economy, this is what helped them to be able to move forward because they had the base infrastructure to support that. Right. So as South Africa, if we want to be able to move forward, the economy forward, I think we need to be able to adopt the same kind of mentality and then support these things. But again, with a clear view of what we're trying to achieve and not just the pipe dream, yes. um, you know, because it's really, really important to say, how do we make technology meaningful? If we look at our current situation, the unemployment rate was shocking prior to the lockdown and the pandemic. Absolutely. Now it's increasing even more rapidly, right? But if you look again at Europe, just the UK specifically, around 15% of their uh, employed workforce or the population is in the gig economy. 
In the United States, it's hit about 40 to 43% by the end of this year. You know, so in lockdown now, we know how many people were unemployed, how many people are struggling. True. But can we encourage to say, what is your skill set? Are you able to provide your services without having a physical presence? Can you offer, whether it is CV writing services, whether we know now kids are learning from home, would you be able to offer tutoring services? Mm. Can you offer anything? What is your skill set? But encourage that kind of thinking rather than saying, well, you know what, we're helpless. And technology is able to empower that. Technology and especially 5G specifically is able yes. to drive that forward. So I think there's huge economic benefit and there's huge general benefit for society. Yeah. But like you mentioned, in order for that to, be, to speed up, we need support from every role player. Yeah. So Akram, you know, I've done quite a few of these seminars and just, I love talking to people about their, uh, their challenges because this is all new to us, right? Working from home. Yeah. And, you know, a, a lot of things we didn't see coming, a lot of things we were unprepared for, but we've really uh, grown pretty quickly to uh, adapt to these changes. But, you know, the, the, the reliance on technology and connectivity in particular has been a key role for many people working from home. And I think a lot of people didn't factor in, for example, uh, you know, Netflix running at the same time, you know, being connected to your office, the kids doing their homeschooling. Um, so there's so much happening right now. And I, I just think about 5G. It's not you know, whether or not we must do 5G or not, we have to do it because the demands that we're doing right now and how we're operating from home is really showing it. And, and I'm sure you've had similar experiences and Huawei being one of those technology providers that has, you know, modems, you've got handsets, you've got routers. I mean, there's just a, a broad range of devices. Just talk to us about people working from home and the kinds of equipment that they're using. What's been your experience? Yeah, I think we've seen the exact same trends that you spoke about. And, um, you know, human beings by nature, I think in general, and perhaps businesses and society, we, we tend to try to solve for today's problems yeah. um, rather than look at solving for what's to come tomorrow. Yes, COVID-19 has given us a, a bit of a kick up the backside to, to move forward and to be able to adapt. And we now realize the importance of it. I mean, just working from home as a company, we never fathomed that this will even be possible. Let it alone think, you know what, let's give people a little bit more flexibility. But yes. now we are seeing the productivity. Similarly, um, I think consumers in general said, well, I, I've got enough bandwidth or connectivity at home to, to cover my Netflix streaming. But we didn't factor in what other uh, you know, use cases or needs we're going to be, have. And now with, with lockdown, it's forced us into that. So I think that, that adaptation has taken place. But again, when I said, let's solve for tomorrow's problems, Aki, COVID is perhaps not going to go away anytime soon or the result of it um, you know, and the damage it's caused. It's something we're going to live with for quite some time. And then all the effects of COVID, like the unemployment we've touched about, like the effects on our education system, on our economy, is going to be seen for years to come. Then what do we do? So if we are able to embrace, like you said, 5G has to happen. If we embrace technology, we start using this. We find different ways to be able to work, to earn an income, to earn a living, to be able to educate ourselves. Then we are able to survive and be able to make a plan long term. So what we are seeing is happening that people are becoming more conscious more yeah. conscious of the world around us and how it, it functions and saying, okay, let me really look at this and say, what can I do to be able to equip myself, to equip my children for the future and the uncertainty that comes along with that? And there we see where technology is playing a major, major role. Similarly, if you look at the mindset shift when it comes to e-commerce, 
You know, South Africa's e-commerce ratio in comparison to retail was, I think, just over 1%. Um, but after COVID, you're starting to see the likes of one cart and take a lot post figures of 400, 500% increases, um, you know, per quarter. Hmm. It's, it's insane. So the resistance also from a security perspective, maybe a trust factor, um, quality of service. Now that people have started to adopt that and embrace that change, it's not going to go away. I think it's going to go. So we, the retail um, and, and traditional retail needs to start adapting. So uh, the, the world around us, I think, is going to look completely different, and it already has started. But one thing that I can say is really positive is that consumers and citizens in general have embraced that change, perhaps a bit resistant, but have embraced it now out of sheer necessity. And it's something that's going to help the industry move forward long term. Yeah. I mean, what's, this, uh, what's the secret of the success of, of Huawei's routers? I mean, I, I mean, I look at it in my business. I look at one here. I'm looking at one up here. Um, you, you know, they're all over the place. Uh, else, I mean, I'm currently using LTE routers. I was testing a 5G router. But it's the de facto device to connect to the internet. So what, what makes... Huawei's routers, and in particular 5G routers, uh, so successful in the marketplace at the moment? I think it boils down to, to experience um, and, and engineering and research and development. You see, Huawei, most people identify with Huawei right now as the mobile phone manufacturer yes. uh, with the best cameras and batteries. However, if you go back five, 10 years, Huawei was known as the dongle guys. We weren't even known for our mobile phones. Yes. You know, we used to make the dongles that plug into your PCs for internet connectivity. So we started off in, in general telecommunications connectivity when it comes to routers, chipsets, equipment, dongles, etc. So that's where our core competence lies. So you, this is what established us. And then also remember that the network infrastructure that enables that connectivity is also built by Huawei. So the fact that Huawei services one-third of the world's population, no matter what brand of mobile phone you're using, every time you dial a number for that call to go through, there's an 80 to 90% chance that somewhere along that value chain you're using Huawei and tech, yeah. even if it's not branded, somewhere along that line. So when it comes to core competence, I think that is what makes it uh, stand out. And yeah. then when it comes specifically for 5G, over the last number of years, before it can be, it be this next hot topic and everybody's talking about it, it's hyped up in marketing and media, Huawei has been spending huge amounts of money in terms of research and development, as well as in patents and licensing and IP to be able to bring out the best technologies um, for fourth generation to the, to the world. And that is why right now we have that, I think, quite a big dominance in terms of our market share of 5G globally. No, it's actually fascinating when I, I, I mean, last year and the year before, I visited your stand at the Mobile World Congress. And, you know, people just think, oh, you know, you just put something up and it's faster and it's 5G. And it's, it's such a yeah. complicated technology. You know, there's aerials, there's different frequencies. It's going to be it. pointed in the right direction. I mean, the, the kind of innovation that goes, and I've been to your head office in Shenzhen um, and to see all of this and the amount of research and development that you guys spend is, is like astonishing. Um, and, and, you know, I just also want to touch on your mobile devices, if I may, um, and your 5G devices and, and your local um, network of, of uh, local app developers, because that's been gaining some interesting traction. You know, a lot of people developing apps for your specific app store. How's that been going? That's actually been 
um, incredible over the last couple of months. And I say incredible because even ourselves, we did not expect that this kind of response or, or success. Of course, um, you know, being a late entrant, our competitors had over a decade to build up an ecosystem. Now we have great strength in, in our hardware capability, but ecosystem is something completely different. To be able to ensure the user experience is not compromised too much, but you're still offering um, you know, services that consumers demand. So when we started building this, we thought about it and said, well, China is an example. We have not used Google services in China. Nobody does um, because of the restrictions there for, for many years. But while we're still able to offer an ecosystem of solutions. Yes. So if we have that experience, can we take that and replicate it? Unfortunately, it's not a one size fits all and it's not a copy and paste. So yes, we have the experience and we can turn the switch and put something on tomorrow. Yeah. But we want to provide African solutions to Africans' problems. So at the same time, while we want to be able to sell phones and have the latest features and applications, could we be able to provide that while still empowering local app developers, while still saying we take local companies and brands and let them box with the big multinationals overseas? Can we take our, our e-commerce guys and give them front space rather than international or our streaming mm -hmm. services like Showmax and put them front and center? These are all the things we were looking at. And um, when we started talking about the strategy, we proposed to developers that it's not just uploading your application onto Huawei's app store called App Gallery, yes. but we want to give you the opportunity for deep integration into the OS itself and the user interface. So when somebody wants to stream or somebody wants to make a payment, they don't have to download an application necessarily, but they can use it natively off the, the software that comes with it. And at the same time, we open up access to markets. We are in 170 countries. We have over 400, uh, 500 million monthly active users um, on HMS and App Gallery at the moment. So how do we bring that market to local businesses and, uh, and developers? And it has worked so well, Aki, that in the last few months, already we have reached our total sales. And remember, we've only launched HMS phones in South Africa um, in May this year. Yes. And already... Our, and that is retail sales. We announced it a long time, but we started selling them to, to the public in May. And already HMS phones represent 40% of Huawei's total volumes in South Africa. Wow. Um, and we are... 40% yeah. of new sales uh, in the Huawei brand are HMS enabled. Well, yes, without Google services. That's, That's correct. That's amazing. And we are forecasted right now to achieve between 70 and 80% by uh, December 2020. That is unheard of. You know, so what it says to us is that HMS acceptance by South Africans has been incredible. And a lot had to do, of course, with the support from our partners, the consumers, the developer community. But another important fact is the service offering. How do we take care? Because if it's something new, surely the experience is going to change. And somewhere along the line, a consumer might not get 100% of what they are expecting. So we've upped our services, including under lockdown restrictions. Mm -hmm. We have 24-7 support instant messaging via our service app on the phone, WhatsApp, et cetera. And our customer satisfaction rate right now is at 98% on HMS That's phones. excellent. Well done. Well you know, done. so these are the things that's promoting the app gallery. Um, and, and of course, it translates into other areas. I mean, our yeah. e-commerce platform, uh, we, uh, we just mentioned how e-commerce is growing in South Africa. But in the last quarter, Huawei's e-commerce platform has grown by 805%. Wow. That is sellout. So it's, it's, it's mind-boggling. It's absolutely mind-boggling. So but what phone we are, are grateful to South Africa. So what phone are you using at the moment, Akram? So I have two phones. Um, I, I'm using a GMS version and a HMS version. On the GMS side, I have the Mate 20 RS, the Porsche design. Yes. Um, uh, and I have the P40 Pro as well. 
Yeah, that P40 Pro is just astonishing. I mean, the speed on that phone. Yeah. And the camera is pretty insane as well. I mean, that's just been such a massive focus um, on, 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 and you, and then you hear your customers when you ask them, what's your favorite feature on the phone? They say the camera without a doubt. Do you have a current favorite feature on your phone? Well, in, on the P40 Pro, I, I would also have to say the, the, the camera. Um, yeah. that, that, that's most certainly true. Um, because I think, in a, you know, Huawei has built that up over the last couple of years. So, and we all love taking pictures and documenting our lives. Yeah. So on a P40 Pro camera. But generally across Huawei phones, I think my favorite feature will be the Wi-Fi bridge function. Especially with something that I picked up now um, under lockdown and working from home. Yeah. So I've created a home office outside, which is about... Um, you know, my, my little office is about 20, 25 to 35 meters away from my main, my main building. And able, being able to pick up the Wi-Fi signal that's, that's in my house is a bit of a struggle. So I use my mobile phone to bridge the Wi-Fi signal from the main house to my home office. Uh, and that is something that has been absolutely incredible. I didn't need any other hardware to do that. That's incredible. You know, so... So I think right now that's something that stands out for me because it make, even makes it possible for us to have this call right now. Yeah. And, and Akram, just final question. I mean, we, we just touched on the, 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 the P40 Pro and we talk, talk, spoke about the P40 Lite. Uh, those two 5G devices, are, are, what's, what's the customer reaction like? Are customers going in store and saying, I want a 5G device? Is, 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 are people asking for it specifically that they want a 5G device? Well, what's it like in South Africa? Yeah, so people are walking in and saying, well, we've heard about 5G, what 5G devices you had? And I think mm. uh, you, you have available. And I think, um, you know, being an early adopter has made it quite easy for us because we were one of only two that was available in South Africa yeah. um, at that time. And then when we brought in, I mean, P40 Pro and P40, then it was two from Huawei and one from another only. And it's still like that. And now we have something in affordable range as well. So, you know, consumers had that availability from Huawei, so they were adopting it. But yes, definitely people are coming in and asking for, firstly, we still camera is number one, that's they need. But uh, do, I want a 5G device because it is, I think, all the narrative that's going around and mm -hmm. the excitement around 5G. They want to be able to say, especially remember, 70% of smartphone sales in South Africa or 70% of the value, rather, should I say, comes from the operators in postpaid. Okay. And uh, so because of that, if I'm going to lock myself into a two-year or a 36-month postpaid contract, I mm. want to ensure that my device is future-proof. And that is why people are coming in and saying, well, I want a 5G phone because then I know even within next year, um, I've got the latest technology available. So definitely the adoption is very positive. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing that uh, penetration of 5G grow in South Africa. And uh, if anything, the speeds that I've experienced up to now is I definitely want a 5G device in my life and I've got one and uh, it's, it's fantastic. And uh, once you experience those kind of speeds, you realize how it's, it's a life changer, it's a business changer, it's really a real game changer in our world. Akram Mohammed, the Chief Technology Officer for Huawei Consumer Business Group in South Africa, thank you for joining us on What's Next, talking about 5G. Thank you so much for having me, Akita. It's been an absolute pleasure.